What is going on, everybody? This is Mike Hughes, and you're listening to Mike on the Mic, everything sports-related podcast. Happy Friday, which is now currently Saturday, if you're listening to this. I did miss my episode today. I had a lot going on. Um, I, I was babysitting my niece later in the afternoon, and I was out shopping earlier in the day. I didn't get a chance to film this episode. I also wanted to wait until after the Bulls and the Suns game. Maybe I got that four-game winning streak podcast in. Unfortunately, they did lose to the Phoenix Suns. Um... And then I didn't get to do it after the game because, unfortunately, my dog had to go to the emergency room. Um, You know, he he got into his pills and and we had to take him there right away. So if you guys could, you know, um, keep my dog Rizzo in in your prayers. And yes, his name is Rizzo after Anthony Rizzo. Um, It's one of my best friends. I wish him nothing but the best. Buddy, I can't wait to pick you up in a few days. I wish wish you nothing but the best and I I love you so much. Um, Anyways... We're going to get into this. It's currently 12.28 a.m. in the morning. It is, uh, let me check actually what the date is. It's February 27, 2021. And, it, you know, we got a couple things going on this weekend. We got a couple, you know, spring training games. We got the Sox on Sunday. We got the Cubs on Monday. Um, we heard some rumors about Javier Baez and Chris Bryant this weekend. Um, and from what we've heard of him, the kickoff the weekend is it's pretty good news. Um, we also heard that if Russell Wilson were to be traded, there are four destinations that he would like to be traded to. And the only ones he would approve, we're going to get into that in a little bit. One of them being the Chicago bears. Um, we got other news going in, you know, obviously the bulls game and all that good stuff, the Blackhawks and everything else. I just hope, you know, this is going to be an amazing video. It's going to be a shorter video because like I said, I was babysitting my niece, I was out shopping earlier, and now I had to go to the emergency vet uh, to go get my dog's stomach pumped, um, which it was no fun for anybody, I bet. But um, like I said, keep please keep my dog Rizzo in your prayers. Uh, thank you guys for all the love and support. I have t-shirts dropping this Monday. I hope you guys are going to be able to, you know, cop some merch off of that. It's going to be really exciting. I think we're going to have t-shirts, hoodies, uh, long sleeves, short sleeves. we got a tank top edition. Uh, you can get them in white or black at the Mike on the Mic logo. If you don't know what that looks like, whatever you're listening to this on, just look at the logo of the, of this episode, and that's it. It's the it's the flag, the Chicago flag with Mike on the Mic podcast on it with the mic in the middle. I think it's super dope. My boy uh, Kevin Lopka actually helped me create it. What what a great guy. Um, so thank you for that, Kev. You know I I don't know where I'd be. I'd be probably making my own crappy version of it um on my own computer because I have no idea what I'm doing. But um. It's going to be a great conversation today. I think we're going to get into it. We're going to dive right into it, talk about the most important thing um, in this week's news, and, and that's frankly the Russell Wilson news. Now, if, you, if you're not familiar on what's happening with Russell Wilson, it's kind of similar to Deshaun Watson, just not as aggressive, um, meaning Russell Wilson is very frustrated with, what he, with the situation in Seattle right now. He just wants a beefed up O-line. He wants better receivers. He wants better people. He wants Pete Carroll to bring in some more weapons. You know, you have DK Metcalf, Marshawn Lynch retired, and all these, and and the Legion of Boom is practically gone. Um, and the twelfth man on the field. Let's uh, let's talk about it. I mean, the fans. The fans haven't been there, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so that that does take a huge toll to them. It's a it's a big difference because that was what honestly, what makes playing in Seattle not only so scary to do, but you know, you also have Russell Wilson and. Richard Sherman and DK Metcalf and all these other guys, you know, top-notch players that you once had aren't there anymore. And I'm not saying DK and Russ are gone, but I'm saying like other guys, they're just gone. Uh, Bobby Wagner and others, you know, they're getting older and still super productive. Don't get me wrong, but it's just the fact that, you know, 
without the fans, it, ta- it takes a huge step backwards just because of how exhilarating and how fun the fans are and, and what level of atmosphere that creates for the opposing team who has to go in there and literally can't hear a word because of how loud that fan base is. Um, so yeah, Russ is pretty much tired of it. He wants more. He wants to be in, in charge of more decision makings. He wants them to get a better O-line because he's tired of getting sacked. And, you know, Sierra, um, his beautiful wife and, and such a creative and um, talented individual she is, she would love a market like Chicago where she could just thrive and doing whatever she wants to do in such a big market city. Um, Russell would also love it as well. He wouldn't be able to wear number three because I believe that's retired for the Chicago Bears. Um but, you know, I mean, he, he'll definitely pick a different number and, um, <laughs> and and be very comfortable with that. But it's one of those things where you just really don't know um, the legitimacy of this and what's going to happen. The, the number is actually retired by um, Bronco, if you didn't know. If you don't know who he is as a Chicago Bear, please look him up. He is one of the best highlights to watch. He's such an amazing guy. Um, but, yeah, we're going to get into that in a little bit as well. But... The four teams that Russell Wilson has said, he's not demanding a trade like Deshaun Watson is. He's not trying to find his way out. He's just saying if he were to be dealt, he would go to the Chicago Bears, the New Orleans Saints, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Las Vegas Raiders. I almost said Los Angeles Raiders, but, you know, I saved myself. Um, But anyways, um, now we're going to talk about the legitimacy of all four of those and the actuality of the, could those things actually occur. Now, we're going to start off the bat by disclaiming the New Orleans Saints. I think there is no shot in hell about this just because of the amount of cap space that they're just being destroyed by right now. I mean, I don't know how much money they're actually like in debt, but they, they cannot make a single free agent move, if I'm not mistaken. Not a big-time one. Um, not like it'll be, it would be like a veteran deal or, or a minimum deal. And they really don't have enough money for that either. If I'm not mistaken, um, they're paying a lot of people, a lot of money right now, especially Alvin Kamara. Um, I don't know what they're doing at the quarterback position. Drew Brees is gone. Jameis Winston, I believe was only on a one year deal. Um, we have a lot of decisions to make and a lot of things to figure out with them. You know, um, they got a great defense, but they're also paid as well. You got Michael Thomas is paid a lot. And, and it's one of those things where I just don't legitimately see them taking on Russell Wilson's contract, which if you don't know Russell Wilson's contract, I'm going to pull it up real quick. Um, it's not as bad as you would think it is, but for their financial standpoint, he signed this in April. It says April 15, 2019, he signed a $140 million deal. He makes $35 million annual, annually. Guaranteed signing is $70 million. Signing bonus is $65 million. Um, so obviously, you know, that all comes in with it and you find out how much you're actually going to make throughout that. Um, so I do not think the New Orleans Saints actually have a shot. So I have them at number four on the list on legitimacy at getting them unless they clear up a huge amount of cap space, which I don't see happening. Um, but man, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas and Russell Wilson, that would be that would be insane. I think they have Emmanuel Sanders as well, still, if I'm not mistaken, and Cook. Um, but yeah, they're number four. Number three. I have keeping it a buck, and, and I know you guys are gonna hate me, but um, I do have the Bears. I'll tell you where I have the Bears later. Um, but I do have the Las Vegas Raiders at number three, and here's why: for legitimacy reasons, I think the Cowboys would have a better shot, and we're gonna get into that in a little bit. But right now, I mean, let's just be quite honest. Russell Wilson is 32 years old. He makes 35 million dollars annually. 
They already have Derek Carr. And and as much as John Gruden, you know, may seem like he doesn't like Derek Carr, Derek Carr makes the numbers. I mean, let's be honest. Derek Carr signed a $5 million, 120, or $5 $125 million contract. Um, I forget exactly when he did that, but it's one of those things where, you know, he's not making as much as Russ. He only makes $25 million per year. Um, yeah, I believe he signed it in 20, 2019 or 2017. I forget which year it was. Um, yeah, he signed that in the end of 2018. But it's one of those things where you just really you really have to bank on this guy just being talented. And, and the stats don't lie. I mean, he threw 4,103 yards. Um, he, he's consecutively thrown over 4,000 yards in the last three seasons. Um, he's only had 10, 8, and 9 interceptions in those three years. He's thrown about 20 touchdowns or more every single year. His highest was 27 this year. Um, not in career-wise. His highest was 32 in 2016, 2015. Um, but he's just continuing to get better. And if I'm not mistaken, he is younger than Russ. Um, don't quote me on that. Yeah, he's 29 years old. He's turning 30. But it's one of those things where, I mean, it's just a lot cheaper. I think he's a better option. You know, he's already the captain and the leader of that team. You already got rid of Khalil Mack. You need someone that's been through the shit. For the Bears, it was Kyle Long and Akeem Hicks and and, and others. You know what I mean? And um, McManus. And, and, and it's kind of things like that. You know, you just really want one of those guys who was there throughout the storm. Uh, when shit was bad, they stayed strong and they and they pers- and they prevailed and they made it through. And now they're here for success. And I think with Henry Ruggs, um, Josh Jacobs and others, you know, I think you definitely could go in the right direction with that. And we'll see who they draft this year. They could potentially get someone like a Jalen Waddle, um, Rondell Moore or something along Kyle Pitts or something along those lines, depending on where they're drafting. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't see why they would force it because they would have to give up picks as well. Don't be, don't be fooled. You can't just get that with straight up switching Derek Carr for Russell Wilson, not a chance in hell. Um, it's one of those things though, where I truly do believe that the number two option, and it could potentially be the first option, um, but for me, I'll put it at number two, is the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys are one of those situations where, you know, Dak Prescott wants 40 to $50 million around, annually around that, and a long-term deal. After that super serious leg injury, I really just don't see why you would want to pay him that amount of money. Um, I think that's atrocious. I think, you know, it's very risky. Dak is a very talented individual. As a Bears fan, I would pay Dak Prescott that money. I'm only saying that because I have had my whole life be built around defenses, and it has got me to one Super Bowl, and we never we never went back. Um, and that was in like 2006. I was like six years old. But anyways, um, it's one of those things where I just want to I just want a quarterback, dude. Honestly, I love Mitchell Trubisky as well, but I just want to I just want a franchise quarterback that we don't hate on the second he fucking gets here, and and that's what that that'll happen no matter who comes. Um, but. Dak Prescott, I think, has the mentality to be able to come here and do that and handle that. Um, I think Mitch can as well, but I just I just don't see why Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy would want to retain him um, while their jobs are also on the line. But it's one of those things where I think the Cowboys could potentially flip Dak Prescott, and because Dak Prescott no, don't you can't get it twisted. He was going to be one of the MVP candidates of the year. He was having a phenomenal year. Um, so insane to the fact that I think I actually have the stats right here. It was he was on pace to throw probably over five thousand yards. He only played in about um, let me get exactly how many games he played. He only played in five games, right? He only played in five games. He threw one thousand eight hundred and fifty six yards, nine touchdowns, 
Um, four interceptions. I mean, it was an amazing year for Dak Prescott. Don't get it twisted. He threw a 99.6% um, QBR rating. It's one of those things where, and that's just that's just on a bad year. Like in 2019, not in a bad year, but in a year he got injured. In 2019, he threw 4,902 yards, 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, and 99.7 rating. And Dak Prescott, mind you, his age is only 27 years old, turning 28 this July. He's a lot younger. I mean, you could you could probably throw in Dak when you re-sign Dak, um, or franchise tag him. Whatever you have to do, as long as you can trade him, you know you probably want to extend him. You probably want to get that contract in, um, so he's worth more to Russell Will or to the Seahawks or to the Bears or to wherever they want to trade him to. Um, and, and then honestly, all you would have to really do is throw in maybe one or two first round draft picks and it could be later down the line. It didn't it doesn't have to be this year's because Dak would be your first year's this year. Um you might even get a couple, you know, later round picks back in return from the Seahawks. You really don't know. Um because that is the talent that Dak Prescott brings to you. Now I truly do believe he is going to come back better than ever. Um but you'd never really know. So that's why I think you throw in those couple first round picks as well. Because not only are you getting a Hall of Famer out of Russell Wilson, you're getting someone who's been healthy for the majority of their career. Um, it's, it's, and it's, that's just, just, you know, to be quite honest, like that's what it comes down to is the best ability is availability. And Russell Wilson has been that for the majority of his career, knock on wood. Um, but it's one of those things where Dak just kind of hasn't always been that guy. You know what I mean? He's always kind of gotten a little banged up and Ezekiel Elliott isn't performing well. And you see that now there's just so many things going on for them. I think something interesting would be drafting a QB, moving up to draft somebody like a Trevor Lawrence, um, but I, by trading Dak Prescott to the Jaguars. But I doubt that happens. I doubt we ever have that conversation um, because Jerry Jones, but it would be the cheaper route. Jerry loves the cheaper route. Russell Wilson would be a cheaper route. And you'd also be getting a Hall of Fame talent who would understand how to, not only would this probably be the best offense that Russell Wilson's ever been a part of, I truly do think that because you think about it, C.D. Lamb is going to be next up. C.D. Lamb is going to be one of a top 10 wide receiver in the future, um, not of all time, just in the league. You know, you have Amari Cooper, who's currently probably a top 10 wide receiver, depending on how you look at it. I have him somewhere from 7 to 10, um, maybe 6. It depends. It really depends. Um, you have Ezekiel Elliott, who we all know what he could be. Um, you beef up the O line a little bit, you know. You maybe you adjust that in the draft by getting, you know, Russell Wilson some more help. They already have a pretty solid O line. They need to fix that defense. That's what they need to work on. Mike McCarthy needs to fix that. He's never been a huge defensive guy, um, but I think they could easily fix that. Now, do I think this is going to happen? It's it's possible, but I I doubt it. Not at least not this year. I don't think Russ is going to, you know start problems in the in the in the locker room and in the front office and all that until you know if, if stuff gets really bad next year for Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks I, I think Russ and Sierra are on the move um but which leads me to my next spot the Chicago Bears are obviously my number one spot for Dak Prescott and I can easily explain to you why and it's not as a fanboy it's not as someone who you know, you would think like, oh, Mike's going to make all these excuses to how it could work in the perfect trade. And there is no perfect trade. I really don't know what we would have to give up to get Dak Prescott. There Or not Dak Prescott. I'm sorry. I apologize. Um, Russell Wilson. Here's my scenario, my ideal scenario. You would obviously have to draft somebody this year in the first round. You would have, it's a deep offensive line class. You got, you know, Alex Leather or uh, Alex Leatherwood from Alabama, six foot six, three hundred and twelve pound offensive tackle, um, just won a national championship. You have a Sean Slater from Northwestern who is looking great. He's a right tackle. Um, 
you know, obviously Russell Wilson wants that protection. The Chicago Bears, Sam Mustaford, he's looking amazing. Um, he's looking a lot better than we all thought he was. Alec Bars can hold his own. We have Cody Whitehair and James Daniels who have established themselves as leaders. Um, and 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 the lead, and the just number one facilitators of this offensive line. You have Charles Leno Jr. who's made a Pro Bowl in the past, and and when the offensive line is fully like committed, all five of them are solid. Charles Leno Jr. is top five at the position because I don't know what it is, but when others are doing well, he does even better. It's one of those crazy things. I I just think you know everyone being at a good level and a good pace is good for everyone, and that's just a fact. Um, but. Especially for Charles' case, he just continues to get better, and I have no idea why. Um, but when the when the line is banging, Charles is getting beat, and it's weird. Um, so Bobby Massey, I, I don't see Bobby Massey being a long term solution. So you replace him with Alex Leatherwood or or Rashawn Slater or something along those lines. I think that would be amazing. You have you obviously franchise tag Allen Robinson, um, no doubt about it. You try to keep him. You try to get that in the mix because he would have Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet, Allen Robinson. Um, Jimmy Graham and Anthony Miller and Riley Ridley and all those guys, um, David Montgomery as well, Tariq Cohen, Artavius Pierce. It would be a very solid offensive, you know, offense, offensive weapons for him. It wouldn't be the greatest he's ever had um, by any means. I don't think. I, I think even the Seahawks of last year might have even been better for him if you look at it from like a who's on the team standpoint. You know, you got Greg Olson, DK Metcalf, um, and and Carson and, and Penny and all those guys. Um, but anyways. For me, why this is the number one move, and I think the Cowboys are definitely the number one option, like, realistically speaking, like, what they could give and me giving you a definitive answer of what that could be, um, but they don't need to do that. They have Dak Prescott, you know what I mean? They have the draft capital to be able to move up and get a solid quarterback if they want to. The reason I have the Bears at number one is because they are desperate in desperate need of a quarterback right now. They have Nick Foles and Tyler Bray. And Kyle Slaughter, I believe is his name is. Um, he was from the Vikings a few years back. I believe he's also on the practice squad right now. But um, yeah, Tyler Bray, Nick Foles, Kyle Slaughter, or however you pronounce pronounce his name. Uh, I apologize if I mix that up. But um, and Mitchell Trubisky's a free agent. So I mean, you really don't. And this, and mind you, everyone's calling for your head, Ryan Pace, and you, Matt Nagy, and Ted Phillips. So I think honestly, the right move. You know, we really don't know what they'd be asking for Russell Wilson. And he did say he would want to be here. Sierra would love the weather. Not the weather, the, the, the marketing and everything she can do and, and everything she loves to do. She's a very talented woman. She's a very busy woman. She's not a housewife. Um, you know, she's a very she's very active in the community and what she does. And, and I give her mad respect for that. That is one of the craziest things um, to be able to do. Not only I believe she's a mother as well, um, if I'm not mistaken. But um, it's just so crazy to me to think like, you know, like you'd want to go you'd want to go to Las Vegas I wouldn't want to go to Las Vegas at least from not that standpoint that is a that is a place to go for vacation that is not a place to go for business it, it's a great you know Vegas shows and all that stuff is all great but Chicago the Windy City the the amount of marketing and and things you can do with downtown and all of that I mean you just can't surpass that you can't and Russell Wilson <laughs> This franchise has been waiting for a quarterback to just glamorize and, and, and grab onto and never let go. Only being 32 years old, we're in a league right now where Tom Brady is over 40 years old. Aaron Rodgers is like 37. Peyton Manning played into his later years. Um, and, and Eli Manning and many others. And, and Drew Brees as well just retired at, over the age of 40 um, or 40 years old. It's one of those things where we're seeing guys play into later years. So 
to grab on to Russell Wilson right now, maybe give up a few first-round picks, maybe a defensive starter or an Allen Robinson or whatever you have to do. You know, same situation with Dak. You sign him to a long-term deal and ship him out to Seattle. They did that with Jamal Adams. <laughs> and um, it, it's one of those things, though, where you just think, you know, we would gawk over this guy. We would love this guy for the rest of our lives. And, and we would praise him. Because the, what the difference is, why they hate on, why Chicago fans hate on quarterbacks that come into the league and coming to join the Chicago Bears is because of Jay Cutler, is because Jim McMahon was never the greatest of all time. We love Jim McMahon, but he wasn't ever the greatest of all time. You know what I mean? We Sid Luckman. Sid Luckman one time, you know, invited my dad into his house, and they sat down for hours, and Sid Luckman gave him a signed autograph tie and stuff like that, like, and gave him a title wear. It was, it was just crazy. Was, and I have so many autographs of Sid Luckman and stuff that my dad got, and, and what an amazing, an, an amazing individual that we all love, but it's one of those things where, you know, Jay Cutler, Mitchell Trubisky, Mike Glennon, Nick Foles, the list just goes, Mark Sanchez, and who's an amazing individual as well, but just wasn't, you know, he just wasn't that guy. We've never really had that guy that's going to be here for, you know, seven to ten years that we know for a fact is going to give us elite, elite you know, talent every single year. And let me tell you something about Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's going to be one of those guys that do that. In a league where quarterbacks are playing into their late 30s to 40s, this guy's only 32. That's a five-year window, potentially. Um, if we look at the stats, I mean, Russell Wilson, he has in the last two years, he's thrown over 4,000 yards. He threw 4,212 this year, 40 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, 105.1 rating. Excuse me. Um, in 2019, he had a 4,110 yards, 31 touchdowns, five interceptions, and a 106.3 rating. In all years prior, he's thrown over 3,000 yards. In his entire career, he's never not thrown. Or even in his rookie year, he threw over 3,000 yards. Um, he's always been in the 90s for his QBR. I mean, he's never thrown over 13 interceptions. It's one of those things where, I mean. His rookie year was better than any year Mitchell Trubisky or anybody has ha- or Jay Cutler, you know, with the Bears has had. And that's just the facts. It's one of those things where this guy has just been elite his entire career. And, you know, he's only been in the league for almost 10 years now. He's, I think this is his ninth or 10th season coming up. He, he was drafted in 2012. So, um, yeah, it's 2021. So that's like 10 years. It's it, almost not 10 years. It's like nine years, pretty much. Um, we're going on 10 next year. It's it's one of those things where I'm just really excited to see if we can get Russell Wilson. And, and Ryan Pace knows he's, his job's on the line. He has to make a huge splash. So I'm going to keep it honest with you. I'm going to keep it a buck. I'm going to say if you have to get rid of Allen Robinson, if you have to get rid of, you know, I hate to say it, if you had to get rid of a Roquan Smith and throw in a couple first-round draft picks, you have to do that. And it's just a fact of the matter. You can get a Chaz Surratt later on in the draft, um, from UNC, who I think is going to be an amazing um, linebacker in the league and, and you know, potentially a quarterback because he's been a quarterback before. Um, <laughs> we could definitely use that. Um, but it's going to be one of those things where, you know, you just have to get it done. You know, if, they, if they're willing to take a Danny Trevathan um, or an Akeem Hicks, I wouldn't give Akeem. But um, just because, you know, what he means to us and what he means – well, to me, what he means to me and to what he means to the city – um, if you want a Kyle Fuller type of guy, if you want an Allen Robinson and a couple first round draft picks, he's yours and a couple seconds as well. I'll give you a couple thirds too. I don't care. I'll do it. I would do this trade. I would try my hardest to get Russell Wilson. 
Um, but that's all I really have for that. I think, you know, the legitimacy of that, of this actually happening, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with that. It's going to be something that, you know, maybe we get into, maybe we don't. Um, is it going to be this year? Is it going to be next year? We don't know. But the fact of the matter is if the Seahawks don't make a huge splash this offseason, I think it happens by mid it starts to happen mid mid season in 2021 and then it's done by you know the off season of 2022 um in the beginning of 2022 it's going to be it's going to be very short and sweet i think i think they're going to respectfully let him go and send him on his way because of everything he's done for the franchise i mean he would have been a two-time super bowl champ if pete carroll would have just ran the ball on the one yard line with marshawn lynch but um that's a story for a different day but that's all I got for that. Uh, next up on the topic of listening is Javier Baez's statements about the Chicago Cubs and his future with them. Javier Baez today, it was either today or yesterday, made a statement about the Chicago Cubs' future. As you know, he is going to be a free agent at the end of the year. He was drafted in 2011, made his debut in 2014. I was at one of his first games, me, my dad, and, and my mom. Um, we got to see it. I bought his jersey. I, I've been a fan of him my whole life. Um, the whole the whole time I've known him. And Javier Baez said something today about free agency that made me super fucking happy, man. It was it was and then, you know, I would just want to say, like, I know I'm cutting down on the swearing out. If I was ever professionally on radio, I wouldn't swear. I would be hundred percent professional. But this is just me talking to you guys now. Um I would be so fucking ecstatic if we kept Javier Baez. Uh he said, and I quote, I don't wanna play for another team. He also said, um, that, you know, it's one of those things where, and I quote, here it is, obviously I want to stay here. I don't want to play for another team. Javier Baez said that today. Um, that was a quote I, I sent to my buddy Adam because he was just sending me all these things about Lewis Robert and all those things. Um, and we're going to get into that in a little bit as well. But it just made me so happy hearing that because I just, I just, I've been so worried and thinking about like who, how are we going to resign these guys? Mind you, we have to resign. Um, we, well, we did have to resign Kyle Schwarber, but he's gone now. We had to resign Kyle Schwarber. We had to resign Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, and Wilson Contreras, and Javier Baez. So it seems like Javi is willing to play ball. Um, he doesn't want to be anywhere else. I don't think he would take a huge discount, but maybe he would take somewhere around $200 million. Um, I think that's fair. I think that's something realistic, $250 million. He could definitely make more. I think Javi could definitely break $300 million. There's no doubt about that. Um... But, you know, that's, that's, would he do it? I always, I always see this image of Javier Baez in a Cardinals jersey. And as much as I hate that, I know all my Cubs fans just probably just like grunted <laughs> at, at, at the thought of that. But I think he'd always look good in a Cardinals jersey, um, even though I hate them. But it's one of those things where I just hope it's true. And, you know, there's a lot of guys that just say that for smoke and mirrors and they don't want to start any problems and have these conversations. Um, but it's it's just the fact of the matter is that we really want Javi to stay and we need Javi to stay because this rebuild it's not a rebuild we're still contenders right now and if you if you don't think so you're insane um i think you look at this core you still have Rizzo Bryant Baez ba- uh you know what did i say Rizzo Bryant Baez Will Contreras i'm sorry uh Jason Hayward Kyle Hendricks you have Zach Davies off an amazing year um you're bringing back Pedro Strope, Jake Arrieta, and others. It's just going to be a great year, I think. You have two young bucks in Albert Alzali and, and Braylon Marquez and others. You know, it's it's coming together. The bullpen needs a little bit of work, but it, it still needed a lot of work in, at the start of 2016, but we managed to get that under control. Um, David Ross is still here. You know, that's a big part of everything, I think, for the mentality of the team and just the drive and the, that he's trying to create and 
the amount of success that he's had in his career, whether it be in you know Boston or Chicago, whatever it ha- it be, um, I think in the long term, I think it's going to be very successful for us. I think we just got to get keep Baez, keep Rizzo, figure out what's happening with Bryant. Um, if he respectfully wants to leave, that's fine. If not, you know we'll see what happens with that. But Chris Bryant also said, um, "quote They know where I stand," and it said Bryant is open to a deal with the Cubs. Um, one of these crazy things for Chris, and, and here's a quote from him. I guess he got a random text from a random individual. He had no idea who they were. This is the story coming out from uh, the score. And basically, it was like someone texted him saying, welcome to the Mets or something like this. And he said, and I quote, um, when you get a text that says something like that, it's it's like, whoa, that might kind of mess with me a little bit. Um, and basically, like... That would fuck anybody up. You know, his agent is Scott Boris, you know, the money man, Scott. If he feels like there needs to be a trade, if he needs it, if he feels like he can get Chris Bryant 300 something million dollars, just like Bryce Harper, or I believe Jake Arrieta signed with him too, that's going to happen. I mean, that happened. Jake left Chicago because of that. He wanted to, he chased the bag as you should, uh, respectfully. Um, but it's one of those things where I think Chris, you know, like as much as he knows how much money he's worth, I think a big part of him. You know him and Jessica's beautiful wife and their beautiful, uh, their beautiful child they just had. I I think they're growing in Chicago and and they're becoming respected parents and and adults and and individuals and human beings in Chicago. And I think they they grew to love the city. They won a World Series. They won an MVP. They they started a family. Um, the city loves them and there and there's just so much more with that. Now, are some of the fans assholes? Yes, there's no doubt about that. Um. Some of the fans are horrible to Chris Bryant and his family and all of that, but that's just any sport. That's any anywhere you go. Um, but the city of Chicago and the C- real Cubs fans love Chris Bryant. We all know what he can be when he's fully healthy. We all know what he can be um, even when he's not. Even when he's not fully healthy, he's above average. The man's never batted under 270. Um, and, and all the White Sox fans that are hating on Chris Bryant, I bet you guys would kill for somebody going over 270 in recent years. Um, but we're going to get into that a little bit as well. But... One of my biggest takes right now is if we can keep Chris Bryant, I'm fully on board with that as well. You know, I say trade him all the time, but I just think, you know, we're in a place where we're not going to be able to keep all of these guys. So you might as well get something rather than just letting him walk. But if Chris is legitimately ready to have these conversations and to sit down and, and let's talk about, you know, a contract and renegotiating a long term deal, not on a team friendly deal, because there still needs to be money made. These guys are still young. They're like 27, 28 years old. Um but like an understanding that, you know, we want to win a championship. So save us a little bit of money. You know, right now our left fielder is Jock Peterson. Uh, we're hoping it's Brennan Davis. We we hope Miguel Amaya is coming up soon. Um, but we have other holes we need to, you know, occupy and figure out because the other guys aren't going to be coming up for some time. Cole Franklin, um, you know, Ed Howard and others. But it's going to be a little it's going to be a little bit till then. So we're going to we're going to have to hold on and we're going to have to see. But one of my biggest takes right now. It's just I'm just happy to hear them saying that. We also got word that Chris Bryant hit a home run off of Jake Arrieta today, and uh, <laughs> I think it was Jack Peterson hit one off a of Javi, uh, not Javi. I'm sorry, um, Adbert Alzali, and I mean I just love to hear that. I I didn't know if I was ha- more happy for Chris or more concerned for Jake. <laughs> it was one of those things um, where I'm just like, oh, that's cool, I guess, uh, like a welcome back, kind of like a fuck you at the same time for leaving, <laughs> but um. It's all love. It's all jokes. But um, yeah, I'm really excited about Cubs baseball. I'm really excited about what we're going to be having on with that. Um, 
Anthony Rizzo, we all know he loves the city. We all know what, how he feels about that. Um, I think he did actually have a conversation about re-signing as well this week. Um, I'm going to look for that article right here. It says Anthony Rizzo from ESPN the, uh, four days ago is hopeful about signing long-term deal with the Chicago Cubs. Um, he said, end quote, this city and everything I love about this city, I kind of wear it on my sleeve and I still love it. I still love our team. I still love what we have going on here, end quote. It's one of those things where I'm just so happy because, you know, I'm going to keep it honest and I'm going to keep it real. And I think this is probably the realest thing I've said about the Cubs in recent years. I am fine with if the only person you can re-sign is Anthony Rizzo. If you can't bring back Baez, if you can't bring back Brian or Contreras or any of them, you know, that sucks and they will be missed. But you need to make sure you take care of the man who is with you through the worst. I mean, this man has been here with us through it all. Um, and, and taking care of Anthony Rizzo would be my number one priority. It would be one of those things where, you know... If if it came down to it, I would sacrifice this whole team for Anthony Rizzo. He's played every single year of his career here, except for his first. And he played the first in San Diego. Um, he was traded here ever since 2012. Mind you, 2012 and up. I mean, it was pretty rough for some time. I mean, Anthony Rizzo was here through it all. He was probably the only bright light we had with Starlin Castro and others um, for quite some time. And he saw the worst days and he saw the best days and he saw the mediocre days and he saw the average days I mean he's he's been a part of us throughout everything so I think taking care of him is my number one priority if I'm Jed Hoyer and the Chicago Cubs whether it's you know Theo that made the trade or not I know Jed Jed was in Boston as well and if you didn't know Anthony Rizzo was drafted by Boston then he got he got sent to you know San Diego and then he went to um he went to what's it called I'm sorry I'm tweaking out um he, he went to the Cubs obviously god I can't believe that just happened um but you know, Jed was for that with him for that as well. And it's one of those things where you just take care of the guys who gave you the most and gave you their all. Um, and it's such a beloved fan favorite. I mean, he's my favorite player. I mean, what's crazy is, and I'm not trying to get too sentimental with you, is my dad, before he passed away, we actually got to meet Anthony Rizzo. My dad passed away at cancer. Anthony Rizzo had cancer. He had the, he has the Anthony Rizzo uh, Family Foundation, you know, for cancer patients. And Anthony gives so much back to the community and so much back to the world. Um that it's it's things like that where you know you don't want to wish cancer upon anybody but when people like him get cancer they flip it they flip it on its head and they turn it into something so positive and he not only had an amazing MLB career and an amazing career as a human being but I mean he's helping others as well he's helping sick kids he's helping as many people as possible and, and that's one of the beautiful the one of the beautiful things about bad things happening is good people and good outcomes and 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 good things and good deeds come from that um, and, and that's someone you just always want in the ballpark. And I think, you know, he's an Ernie Banks type of guy. He will always be mentioned. He will always be brought up. He, his jersey number, damn well, better be retired. And I pray there's a statue of him one day in front of Wrigley Field. Um, and, and that's just my take on it. But, you know, my dad, like I said, though, about my dad, my dad said, you know, he passed away in 2015 um, in the summer. And he did get to see Chris Bryant for a little bit. He got to see, you know, the team finally coming together. Um, and, I, and I'm grateful for that because he was a diehard Cubs fan. But he did say Anthony Rizzo is going to be the next Chicago champ after the Blackhawks won in 2015. Um, and they were. They were immediately the next champs the following year, which I wish he got to see and wish he got to be a part of. Um, but I think he lived through that with me. Lived through lived that through me, I guess I'm trying to say. Um, but anyways, enough being mushy with you guys. Um, 
one of my biggest things I want to talk about as well, we're going to talk about the Chicago White Sox. We're going to transition a little bit. Um, and we're going to talk about Luis Robert. And we're going to talk about what, what's been going on with Luis. There's talks about, you know, Tony La Russa and Frank Thomas and, and, and others who are saying these things about him that I am just so intrigued about. And my buddy Adam was the one who sent me these things. So shout out to my boy Adam. Um, it's one of those things where everybody's ready for him to being a Mike Trout type guy, a Fernando Tatis Jr. type guy. Now, this is a quote right now from Tony La Russa. Uh, from, it's Frank Thomas talking to Tony La Russa. Um, Basically, Frank Thomas said, quote, you've heard of five tool players. Luis is a six tool player, end quote. He said that to Tony La Russa. Um, basically, what makes this so exciting is the fact that, you know, he's so young. And, and, and there's a lot to go into this. And I just want to say, you know, Tony La Russa also made a statement. He goes, quote, I got to watch Mike Trout um, and and others. And he's still, he's still saying that he believes... Um, quote, I know Lewis can run, can hit a mile, can hit, can hit it a mile and can play great defense. Those are Mike, Mike Trout type talents, end quote, from Tony La Russa. Um, and Frank Thomas is saying, you know, he's a six tool player. That's all great. That's all fine and dandy. And I'm not trying to, you know, dump on you guys. I want to have these conversations and I want to be real because this is what I think the misconception is. And this is how I think, you know, Mitchell, Mitchell Trubisky haters are created, um, and Chris Bryant haters are created, and Derrick Rose haters are created. What was the worst thing that happened to Derrick Rose? It was being compared to Michael Jordan. What was the worst thing that happened to Chris Bryant? All of the pressure of being the greatest Cub of all time. And not even pressure on his part. Like It was the fans who kept saying, oh, he's got to be better. you got to be this. you got to do that. I mean, he won an MVP. He won a, a Silver Slugger. He won a World Series. He won a Rookie of the Year. I mean, what else can you ask from the guy? He's just being an amazing talent. He doesn't have to be the greatest of all time in the, at the position in the sport. Um, not everybody is a Mike Trout, and that is the issue. Um, you know, with Mitchell Trubisky, it's you're not Deshaun Watson. You're not, you know, Patrick Mahomes. You're not these guys. Um, but you're your own individual, and I think that's the problem. I think not stopping comparing him, stop comparing him to something he's not. Um, Mike Trout is his own individual. This is Louise Roberts' story. This is not the Mike Trout 2.0 story. This is not Fernando Tatis Jr. 2.0. This is something of his own, and I think you need to treat it as such. And I think you just need to enjoy the moment because what a lot of people don't do and what a lot of people spend time ignoring is that time flies by, man. I mean, the Chicago Cubs, you know, they're potentially end, ending this. This is going to be the last dance, and we could lose Rizzo, Bryant, Baez, Contreras, etc. I don't know how many times I've said that this video. Um, I just can't wait till they either leave or resign or whatever so we can just, you know, the stress can be over. But um, my point is, like, that World Series run just went, flew by. It flew by. High school flew by. All that stuff flew by. And I think one of the biggest things, the misconceptions that we don't um, take in consideration is just, when you do get a chance to watch these guys play, because I have gone to a few Sox games and gotten to see guys like Eloy and, and, and Cease and, and, and Tim Anderson and others, when you do get a chance to see Luis Robert, just enjoy the moment. Because injuries, God forbid, knock on wood, I'm knocking on it so you can't say I jinxed you. Um, it's, it's just one of those things where you just really don't know what could happen, with it, whether it be injuries, whether it be... Um, not panning out to what you want it to be, you know, aging and, and just, you know, getting figured out. That happens as well. Um, there's a lot of things that go into all of this. And I think one of the biggest misconceptions is 
just not enjoying the moment. I remember, you know, watching Alberto Mora Jr. hit a home run, which was showing crazy. And, and everyone was like, oh, well, he's not living up to what he should be. But it was just the fact that he was one of my favorite players and I bought his jersey. And, you know, he doesn't hit home runs often. He doesn't hit them all the time. So the fact that I was there for that, you know what I mean? The fact that I saw John Lester slide in the home plate. The fact that I was there for the Cubs banner ceremony, ring ceremony. Um, I think I was there for the ring ceremony. And I think the banner ceremony was a day prior, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I was there for that. I, I missed Anthony Rizzo hitting the game-winning home run because my mom left early because she was too cold. It was like negative 12 degrees out. It was insane. Um, that was in 2017. And, you know, being in the playoff game, I was there when Miguel Montero hit a grand slam in the NLCS against the Dodgers. And then, you know, Fowler hit a home run immediately after, which, you know, gets ignored all the time. Um, but I was a part of that 2016 run and it was louder than ever before. Um, so my point is to you, Sox fans, if you're listening, just enjoy the moment, live in the moment, and just have a great fucking time. Because I promise you, Sox baseball is going to be so much fun. Tim Anderson, Abreu, um, who I'm praying for. Abreu, uh, Jose Abreu actually just got diagnosed with COVID-19. From what I heard, he's not he's asymptomatic. Um, he didn't even know he had it, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you could read in on that, see how he's doing. I haven't really looked that deep into it. I'm praying for him. Uh, speedy recovery. I hope it's not a situation like Yoan Mankata where it kind of affects his game long-term. Um, not long term, but throughout the season. But um, not sure if that was Johan Mankato's issue, but it seemed that way. It seemed like it really did take a toll on him. But I'm hoping for a great season from all you guys and for all you guys. Luis Robert, let me give you my honest take on Luis Robert. Luis Robert can be one of the greatest players of all time for the Chicago White Sox. He definitely could be, but I'm not going to treat him as such. I'm going to treat him as Luis Robert, the rookie um, going into his sophomore year and, and just playing ball and having fun. If he wins an MVP, that's amazing. But we're not going to, you know, we're not going to throw too much on him because it's, it's just not needed. We unnecessary, you know, he already has all this weight on him, unnecessary weight right now. We don't need that for our players. They're so young. Luis Robert, if I'm not mistaken, is only like 23 years old. Um, you have him locked up for a very long time, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's 23 years old. He's turning 20. Four on August 3rd. He was born in 1997. This kid is three years older than me. That is insane. Basically four. Um, he won a gold glove in 2020. I mean, what else can you ask from the guy? I mean, how did he bat? Uh, he batted 233, which isn't great, but I mean, it's his rookie year in a short year. 202 at bats only. I mean, it's just the fact of the matter. I mean, I forget how long his contract actually is. Um... Let me check. Luis Robert signed a fifty a six year fifty million dollar extension. He signed that in twenty twenty. So you have this guy till twenty twenty six. So chill out, cool out, relax, sit down, have a beer, eat a hot dog. It's like twenty bucks. Um, at guaranteed rate. Um, and and just enjoy the moment because this kid's gonna be special. This kid's gonna be one of the greats. Um, but you just can't go in there expecting him to be that right off the bat. You just have to enjoy it. Have fun. Um, we're going to have a couple more conversations and then we're going to wrap this podcast up because it's currently one ten in the morning and I am exhausted. I hope you guys listen to this because if not, I'm going to be pissed. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, pissed, but it's one of those things where with the Chicago Bulls tonight, it was a very unfortunate loss. They really blew up in the fourth quarter. It's one of those moments you really miss lawyer marketing. You really miss when, um, what's it called? Otto Porter Jr., I hate to say that because I really don't miss Otto Porter Jr., but, like, his presence, you know what I mean? Luke Cornett, you know, drained a three, which was insane to me. 
Um, but there's so many different things going on right now. The Bulls lost to the Phoenix Suns, who are 21 and 11. The Bulls are now 15 and 17. They lost 106 to 97. Um, they got outscored. They just got outscored in the fourth quarter. Uh, first quarter they both scored 26 a pair. Uh, they got out. They uh, outscored them 32 to 20 in the second. Uh, Phoenix outscored them 28 to 23 in the third, and and then in the fourth, man, it just blew up. They they scored 32 points on us, and we only you know scored 16. And and that can't happen. That really can't happen. We need to be better. And I I believe now we're out of the playoffs. We're in ninth place, um, which is very unfortunate. But you know that's just you know the hand we've been dealt, and we just gotta pray that we you know it's gonna be it's gonna be a a, a shoots and ladders type of thing for the next few weeks because all these games are so close. We're literally a game away from being like top three or not top three, top five. Um, two games away now, but you know what I mean. We play the Raptors tomorrow which is Sunday, um, which is going to be insane because, you know, I we just have a very tough schedule. The second half of the year is going to be very rough. Um, we haven't had this conversation yet, but it's the it's the Raptors, the Nuggets, the Pelicans, the 76ers, the Miami Heat, the Raptors again, the Thunder, you know, whatever. Um, Billy Donovan returning home will be interesting. Um, or, no, they're coming to Chicago. But um, the Spurs, the Nuggets, the Pistons, the Jazz, the Cavaliers, the Spurs, the Warriors, the Suns, the Jazz, Nets, Pacers, etc., etc. The list just goes on and on. These are all pretty much playoff contenders for the most part. Um, and we're a playoff contender as well. And that's one of the most frustrating things is because, you know, we always have these, like, easy-ass schedules when we're dog shit. And then we get a little bit better. And it's like, oh, my God, they just ram us. And the same thing's going to happen with the Bears this year. Um, don't don't get that twisted. But, you know, this was a very hard game for us to lose. I have Devin Booker in my fantasy team and, and Kobe White, so I wasn't too pissed. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Um, but it, it is a tough pill to swallow because of the fact that, you know, um, if we got this dub, it would solidify how, how serious of a contender we really are now. Um, if you really look at it right now, um, I'm going to pull up the stat sheet. Devin Booker, 22 points in 35 minutes. Chris Paul, 35 minutes, 14 points. The Chicago Bulls and Patrick Williams only had four points. Garrett Temple only had five. Wendell Carter only had two. Um, and he only played 25 minutes. Zach Levine, 24 points. Kobe White, 19 points. Zach Sadaraski, um, 12 points. And Thaddeus Young with 13. Luke Cornett with 11. At this point, start Luke over Wendell. But not. I'm, I'm just kidding. But Wendell is very, very valuable to this offense. And for my Daniel Gafford fans, man, I am a huge Daniel Gafford fan as well. But... We're going to be quite honest here. Why Luke Cornett is starting over him is because he's a better facilitator with the ball. He's a better playmaker. Um, and, and to be quite honest, he's a better scorer. Daniel Gafford is an amazing uh, shot blocker. Um, no doubt about it. His defense is there. Um, but the fact of the matter is the reason why he went in the second round, the reason why he spent two years in college is because his offense just, it, it's just not there. And I think maybe one day it will be, you know, it's potentially going to be there one day, but just not today. Um, and if this was a rebuilding team, uh, Gafford would be getting more minutes than, you know, um, Luke Cornett would be right now, but Billy Donovan is not going to sugarcoat him. He's not going to be, oh, okay, you know, just go out there and try your best. No, he's going to put the best guys on the floor that he thinks is going to make the biggest impact. That's why we need Laurie Marketing back. So Garrett Temple can go back to the bench and and facilitate with Thaddeus Young, which is going to be amazing once that happens. Um, and be part of that second unit, and then Otto Porter Jr., whatever the hell is going on with him, um, he better either come back or get gone because, you know, figure out your stuff. 
but um, I'm praying for his recovery as well. But, you know, that's all I really got about the Bulls today. I'm hoping it all pans out. I'm hoping it all works out. We're going to hear more about that later on. Um, the Chicago Blackhawks, we're going to talk about really quick. The Chicago Blackhawks are looking great. The Chicago Blackhawks are one of these, you know, teams that, you know, really snuck up on me. And the start of the year, at the start of the season for the Chicago Blackhawks, I said, this is the end of the Blackhawks. This is the end of the dynasty. This is fully rebuild, full send. Um, you know, especially without, you know, what's it called? Um, Jonathan Taze. And we're really not sure what's going to happen with Jonathan Taze and his health right now. But the Blackhawks are in like, what, third place right now? They have the third best record. Um, they're like 11 and six. It's, it's, insane they're only behind the Tampa Bay Lightning as as you know we assumed and Joe Quinville and the and the Florida Panthers I cannot believe they're number one right now that is insane good for Joe I think he's the coach of them isn't he um but anyways it's one of those things where I'm really happy for the Blackhawks I'm really proud of them I really hope they continue to turn this around and and just prove everybody wrong these rookies are insane right now these rookies are on a level of no other, and, you know, Patrick Kane is continuing to be Patrick Kane, um, the Blackhawks are not holding back additional info on Jonathan Taze, and that's what's being reported about two weeks ago, we have no idea what's going on with him, um, I just pray for his recovery, and I pray whatever's going on with him, you know, gets fixed soon, um, we really don't know what's going on, but that's all I gotta say about that, thank you guys for listening, um, like I said, please keep my dog Rizzo in his prayer in, in your prayers and, and just wish him the best. I hope I hope I get to take him home in a couple of days. Um that is literally my best friend. I just love him so much and I just hope he's okay. I mean, that's my guy. Um and it's also, you know, Anthony Rizzo is my favorite cub. I named my dog after him when I was like fifteen, sixteen years old. Um, but that's all I really got for you guys today. Thank you guys so much for listening. T-shirts will be coming out Monday. Keep posted on Facebook, Instagram, DM me, uh, Snapchat and all that. It will be linked in there. Um, remember you can get a short sleeve, a long sleeve, a hoodie or a tank top and either white or black. It's of the logo. You can check the logo of the podcast and and the logo of everything and and you'll see what it looks like through there. But anyways, with that being said, thank you guys for so much. Thank you so much for listening. Sorry. Um, it's so late. Um, I hope you guys have an amazing weekend. I I hope to make a podcast on Monday and I hope to see you guys then soon with better news about Rizzo and better news about Chicago sports. We're going to talk about the White Sox and the, how the Cubs performed during spring training this weekend. Go Cubs, go Sox, um, bears, figure it out, baby. Um, love you guys so much. Talk to you guys later. Thank you. Bye.